Celebrity voices are impersonated. No celebrities were harmed in the filming of this episode. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. You did the back, the, the, the same quote that he does in every single episode? I, yeah, I think so. And Yeah, it's good. I mean, <laughs> it was either that or Hachi Machi. Right, yeah. Or yeah. It Stinks. Yeah. Those are the ones. Yeah. Here, I, I, there, I did them. Yep. So you can just plug in whichever ones you want you at the beginning. You did them all, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors, your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. And, and beyond. beyond. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my name is Greg. My name's Alan. And we are here on special number six. six. This is special number six. I'll double check. Yeah. Um, uh, six of eight? Six of eight. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's the plan? However, uh, as things yeah. are going, I I really didn't want to do this one after, <laughs> after we started getting into it. Um, I think after I watched the second episode. Mm, it was that quick. Yeah, it was pretty quick. It was like it was, yeah. It was there was a feeling. There was just a feeling that I started to have, and I I kind of knew that this was going to be a, a chore, and it turned out it's, uh, yeah, it was it was a chore. I mean, and we'll we'll dive into all of that. Um, of course, uh, we are here to talk about the critic, uh, which is a uh, kind of sister show to The Simpsons in a weird way, um, which yeah. we'll get into. But yeah. We figured, uh, you know, for the specials, it, it'd be a good one to to check out. Because I don't know about you, I I had watched a little bit of it way back when, like when it aired. Uh, yeah. Like again, one or two episodes. I, I, I'll, I'll say the same thing I said on our Stars Burns episode. I thought Jay Sherman was a product of the show. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. And I'm pretty sure I did too, if I remember correctly, like when it first aired. Yeah. But like I... I think I I think I at least had the wherewithal at the time to kind of pick up on the meta humor in A Star's Burns of like, oh, it's a crossover and like that kind of thing. Sure, and I didn't get so, it. So, yeah, so, th- <laughs> so that I was able to at least be like, oh, I think I remember seeing something about a show called The Critic. You know, like I didn't really watch it, but then I yeah. think the episode itself made me want to go and watch it. Sure. And I watched a couple episodes and it, I, I had no memory of it, though. Like I remember, I do remember watching some of it, but I have very little memory. I just remember... It, it being a thing that uh, <clears throat> occurred. And then I bought the DVD set when it came out. Because, oh, really? Yeah, because I thought, this, hey, I remember this kind of, and like, you know, yeah, it was adjacent to The Simpsons in a way, and uh, it might be a fun thing to binge. And mm-hmm. I think even then, when I bought the DVD set, I think I watched t- two or three episodes and, and gave up, possibly at the time because it, it was during the DVD boom of yeah. TV shows. So I'm sure I had tons of other box sets that I was more excited about watching and then just kind of got lost in the shuffle. I ended up selling it. Um, so I don't own it anymore. Yeah. But uh, for this for this episode, for this special, we yeah, we decided we'd go and watch it all. Uh, I, I think like you thought it was one season. Yeah, um, I definitely did. Yeah, I thought it was one season of 13 episodes. So I was like, you yeah, know, that's not too bad. Yeah, That's something we can bang out in a couple days. Turns out it's two seasons. Uh, 13 episodes in season one, 10 in season two. Um, and so, yeah, it was a bit more of a chore than we anticipated, which is also why this episode is coming out late. Um, we didn't have an episode last week because we were still in the midst of, uh, 
<laughs> watching all these, which I don't know about you, but like in retrospect, we could have watched like two <laughs> yep. and been fine. Yep. Um, but uh, we'll we'll dive more deep in all of that. Uh, but Greg, yeah, how have you been? Oh, pretty good. Um, I I don't really have much to add other than uh, this comes out today, which is <laughs> September tenth. Let's date yes. this. So if this if I do my job, it'll come out tonight. Uh-huh. Um, which means uh, Canadians go vote. Mm. So right is that uh, that's Monday? this weekend? That's the weekend. You, no. This is like you can you, you can, can right you can do like pre advance voting today, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then the actual um, election, election is on day. the twentieth. So gotcha. Canadians go vote because it's a federal... Wait, the election's on the twentieth. Yeah. So it's like in a week and a bit. Yeah. Technically, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a lot of advanced voting. Yeah, four days probably of good. But yep. yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. Four days of advanced voting, and then you have until September fourteenth to get your mail in. Interesting. Yep. Um. Great. Has to be postmarked September fourteenth. Yeah. Do do your voting. Do your civic duty. Um. What is it? It's uh, uh, uh vote. Ah, oh, fuck. The phrase vote. is vote early, vote often. Right, but there's a website called like vote matters or something <laughs> sure um uh, sorry but it's uh it's it's a way to look up strategic voting if you're more left-leaning like myself um yeah it's because uh if you don't if you aren't aware in canada we basically have one right-leaning party yep and then like three or four left-leaning parties so often this vote gets split and that's why uh you know conservatives usually have way more seats than they should in our fair country uh so this website is is a way to get you to uh, see in your you can check your writing like wherever you're voting and you can see oh is it better to vote for this left-leaning party or this left-leaning party uh, strategically to hopefully you know at least balance out the uh the the right uh and the left because mm-hmm. uh, we still live in a very binary <laughs> uh political structure we, we there's also like this whole thing where like it, <laughs> nobody's gonna win a majority <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like I don't like I. It's. I'm fairly confident. Watch this. That on the twentieth, conservatives won a majority. But I'm fairly confident no one's going to win a majority in. Yeah. In this, which is great. I I don't. You know, majority governments aren't good. I agree. So, and anyone who tells you otherwise has an opinion. Um. Yeah. And you know what they say about opinions? We've all got them. Yeah, I don't like them. <laughs> you don't. They're like assholes. I don't like them. Notoriously, Alan doesn't like opinions. <laughs> I only like facts and figures. Yeah. And Fractals. otherwise, everyone to have my opinion. Um, I'll continue on my How Have I Been. Mm-hmm. I watched all three Spider-Man ones <laughs> over, the past, <laughs> over the past two days. Okay. So you watch because uh, I'm not at Heritage Park on the weekdays anymore. Okay, I'm just on the weekends, so I'm like, so you I'm have in a free weird time. free time space that <laughs> Whereas I. Whereas I'm the had. opposite, where yeah. now my weekdays are full. Yeah, and my weekends are when I party. Yeah, because you're a student again. Because I'm a student, baby. Yeah, that's how you not been. feeling. Yeah, it does not feel like I'm a student though. No, um, no, because I haven't been on campus. Right. Um, it's all online for me. Yeah, and um. 
it's also i mean obviously and i expected this but also most of the people in my classes are very young yeah <laughs> like, you know they're 18 19 20 and so i'm the weirdo who's like we so we had a a, a class where we we just kind of you know for introductions kind of said like oh what's like the first movie you remember seeing uh when you were young or whatever you know and so oh this is good yeah so it was very i was like oh boy this is gonna date me so like, <laughs> like very quickly because like i was like you know the first movie I can remember seeing in theaters is Aladdin. And it's like, ah, you know, people at least know Aladdin, so they're not like, you know, uh, Casablanca, you mm-hmm. old old fart. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do remember seeing I mean, that. I do remember seeing Casablanca in theaters, of course, um, as well as, uh, you know, um, God uh, a, tr- a Trip to the Moon by yeah. Melius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I went to the Lumiere Brothers early screening. You so, can't say uh, that, though. You just can't. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway uh you know and so as the the young people started you know introducing themselves and whatnot it's like yeah i remember seeing brother bear uh oh. for the first like that was one of my first movies i'm like oh yeah that's 2003 okay got it good good, uh, good, good, good. <laughs> you know and then um so like cars i think was one you know was, <laughs> and it's just yeah. like that's 2006 so yeah. that's like you know <laughs> i <laughs> i was uh i was almost graduating university by then <laughs> Um, but anyway, that's, uh, to, as I said, I, I was obviously going to expect that as a, as a, uh, an older person going to university again, but it still just feels really weird because, um, there's no in-person stuff. It's all very, it's all online. And so yeah. it's all, a lot of it's asynchronous too, which means I don't even ha- like for one class, I don't even have like a set time. I just, every week they'll be like, all right, you should read this now in the chapter and then here's when the quizzes will be and it's all online and so the and the professor just uploads his lectures from pre, clearly from previous uh recordings so they're not even like doing a new lecture like they're just like i already i already did recorded my lecture of this thing and it's like two hours long and i'm like this is a nightmare <laughs> having to sit and watch a two-hour lecture and not be able to you know not be able to engage so it's literally just it's so dry it's just, uh, I mean, but you get to watch other people engage because I bet he did it in front of other people. Well, he, maybe. Or was I, this something that he did at the beginning of pandemic? Yeah, like I think it was. It was like a recording from last semester, right? Or like you know, everyone last year. always film your lectures. Yeah. So that way, there's actual. That's why masterclass is such a great deal. Mm. Because in every <laughs> single master class, the we, teachers actually teaching a class. What do we get sponsored by masterclass? Shush, shush, shush. Um, <laughs> The teacher's actually teaching the class, right. so they interact with students. Now, granted, it's all scripted, but <laughs> but it feels like it's not. Uh huh. You see, I I see. Good master class. Yeah, get your three class bundle. <laughs> type in TBN Beyond in the checkout. Um. I also today accidentally dropped a class and I didn't mean to. Oh no, what? <laughs> Luckily it was an elective that I didn't really care that much about anyway, so I'm just going to be like whatever, I got to move forward even though I already spent, you know, like an hour or two watching the first lecture of this psychology mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. Um but because I was I was, you know, trying to plan things out a bit more for next semester and I was looking at some of the prereqs that I need to do and certain classes only offered at certain times. Anyway, long story short, I thought I could join a different film class this semester um, that uh, I, I was interested in, and 
but I but then I would drop a class if I did right and so but with the online the weird online system it, I I chose okay here's what I'd like to do I like to drop this class and then add this class and it's like do actions and then it does it tries to do both of them but if it has an error then it won't do it so it dropped the class but then couldn't add this other class and it's like because you don't have the prerequisite I'm like what I didn't even notice a prerequisite and so anyway <laughs> and then I was like oh no let me get back in that other class I didn't mean to drop it if I couldn't get into another one. And so I tried to join it, but of course people were wait- waitlisted on it and automatically put someone in my spot. So I can't get in that class anymore. <laughs> Shit. So I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> I only have four classes now and I want five. Um, so, I, I mean, I waitlisted two other classes that uh, who knows if they'll open up because I think they're popular ones and probably won't have too many drops, but you never know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, worst comes to worst. I actually, I emailed the, the arts admin as well, just being like, hey, is it possible to make this class a co-requisite with 201 because i've already done a film class in my previous degree you know like and i'm like do i need to like ask the professor like what's the what's the process here because i feel like it's weird because i'm in other classes that don't have 201 as a prereq but they're just as like i don't know like it's all basic stuff i don't mm-hmm. know <laughs> anyway that's my university uh check-in great <laughs> are you having fun so far i mean yes and no yep <clears throat> what i'll say is uh i think I definitely am benefiting from ha- from being more mature <laughs> in a sure, lot of ways. Sure, I mean, like, what's the one thing that we all wish we were when we went to university? Conscious. You know, well, <laughs> um, sorry, I thought we were going to say it at the same time. I, I didn't know there. what you were teeing up. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> yep. Conscious. Yep. Were you unconscious huh? for a lot of university? Uh, feels like it. <laughs> okay, yeah. It really does. Yeah. You know, at a certain point, like, you started drinking so much, <laughs> and you started eating so much pizza. Yeah. This is the royal you. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about me, of mm-hmm. course. Of course. Um, And then you started just being like, like, oh, man, I'm trying to make up for a lot of lost time in high school because I didn't, like... I, I never hooked up with anyone in high school. <laughs> right. So you were looking to, uh, um, what's the term? Spread? No. Sow my oats? So much. That's a, that's a more polite way of saying it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. Weren't yeah. we all? I mean, uh, yes and no. At that age, well, you were already, what, 80? All right. When you... Damn it. <laughs> Never letting this die, are you? No! <laughs> no, I only have a few modes because yeah. I'm a robot. Uh, of course, that's right. That's, there you go. <laughs> there's the other half. Um, <laughs> no, I yeah, I just, I feel like when I was in university as a, as a teen, mm-hmm. as a teen slash young adult, mm-hmm. um, I mean, a lot of it was just, yeah, trying to figure out my life and figure out if this was what I wanted to do, all that kind of shit, but also like not caring about a lot of it. Yeah, that was another you know, one. Like and a so, lot of a lot of the actual class stuff, I was like, whatever, whatever. I'll yeah. I'm like, I just want to get to it. Pass maybe. the course. I don't yeah. even care about getting a good grade. Yeah. I just want to pass so I can move on to the next semester where maybe I'll have some more fun courses. Yeah. And so I like I didn't show up to lectures. You know, I didn't. Yep. I I would skim through the readings, just like yeah, I think I get it. And then like I do the quizzes and I barely pass. And yep. you know, it's all that kind of stuff. And so at the very least, right now with with my second university uh, go around. Um, I'm like I'm I'm 
I'm keeping notes. I'm I have like a whole thing on my computer that's like here's all the classes important dates so I can look at it at a glance and be like okay, remember September 29th is when this thing is due and that's the next major thing that I need to prep for, you know. Um and like some of some of the assignments uh um I've already completed, you know, like I'm just I'm gung-ho in a, in a lot of ways because I'm like I know I want to do good this time. Yeah. And not only do good for the for the sake of like it looking good on a transcript, but also um, most of the classes I'm taking are stuff I'm really obviously interested in and want to absorb all that knowledge and like you know have have a better grasp on on film language and film uh, composition and all that kind of bullshit. And so um, it's great because I am taking I'm taking the two hundred one, which is the introductory class, and that's fine. Um, I get it. They need to have that as a prereq for the other ones. But I'm also taking a French cinema class, which is kind of like a, a also like an introductory film class because French cinema is so steeped in film history. Um, so it's going to be exciting to to watch through uh, you know a bunch of weird ass French avant garde shit that I've never even thought to watch before yeah and I mean, and it's probably a, for good reason well pro- that's the thing and that's why like it's, it's going to be interesting because I, I it also helps that my professor for this class that's his specialty is french cinema so it's right. so that's helpful but you know stuff like jean renoir like i, I never would have looked up this this director because like i'd just be like oh, that looks that looks like not my thing but because it's for the sake of education i'll enjoy watching it Sure. For that reason, because yeah. I'm not like I want to have fun and watch a movie. I'm like I'm curious what the French uh, cinema movement did for film today. Yeah, you know, and for for the history of it. So it feels like there's there's more of a spot in our lives for that type of uh, content enjoyment now. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know. I kind of feel like obligated now to watch new things mm-hmm. or at least try and get something out of old things that I right. didn't see before. I feel like an obligation to watch everything with some sort of a lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's the newest Marvel movie in which case I just have a good time. Yeah. yeah. That's all you need. That's all they ask for from me. <laughs> and I'm very happy to give that to them. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's cool. I'm uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're that you're doing some fun classes. Yeah. I hope you get to go back and be in person soon. Um, Yeah, who knows? Maybe someday. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe my second year slash last year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Uh, did you see the Matrix trailer? Sure did. (laughs) I sure did. Uh, So I didn't actually watch the full trailer, but when they um, had the website up or whatever. Yeah. And you like click on the pills and just shows little flashes of it. I saw that and I'm kind of okay with just that. Yeah. Like I'm like, ah, I don't even need to watch a trailer. That's exactly what I like is these little like teaser things. Can I tell you something about the trailer? Yeah. This is the feeling that I got when I was watching it and I'm, it's hype feeling. (laughs) It's a really cool hype feeling Uh because I remember this same feeling in 1999. Sure. uh, When the trailer for the matrix came out and they did the thing where it's like, what is the matrix? Mm -hmm. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? What is the matrix? We'd have no idea. You just saw some really crazy images and there was no, like their entire advertising campaign was a teaser campaign yep like they never gave too much away and that's what this trailer 
feels like it gives me that feeling where it's like you're showing a bunch of crazy crazy images a lot of them are familiar but you're presenting it in a way that makes me be like i have no idea what you're doing with this franchise that i love nice i have no clue and i love it that way yeah it Um, looks amazing yeah, I mean, like I said, the little the little snippets in the website teaser—I don't know what to call it. Um, just the imagery also looked, itself. Yeah, also, looks also, yeah, just the images were really cool. Really, really. Cool. Um, and then, and I don't know. Did you watch those? Did you watch those first? Or Hell did you yeah! Just watch the show? Okay. Yeah, I took yeah. the red pill, then I took the blue pill. Yeah, I took them both. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, for those that haven't done it, um, it it knows what time it is it's cool so it's really cool but it scared me yeah i was <laughs> taking a poop i got scared i saw it and i was like oh wow i was like i was watching it's like you think it's 807 p.m and i looked i'm like i do think that <laughs> what's happening am i in the matrix couldn't be further from the truth uh it was scary it's amazing obviously i like uh, you know i had smoked a little weed uh <laughs> so that probably didn't help but then i very quickly Alan, was like okay clearly Alan. Clearly, they know they can read the internal clock on my computer. I don't know how technology works. There's something going on in here. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> but very, for a brief moment, I was like, "Oh fuck! How did they know?" Oh shit. Anyway, uh, that'll be fun. That's uh, in December, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's closer than you think. Yeah, it is. Isn't that weird? It'll be here in it's gonna in be Christmas soon. Greg. Two seconds. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot to go through before then. I got to do the Artemis thing, and I got to do this Jubilations show. I got to do that. Yeah, which is crazy. Well, I have to. I have to do all of my classes. Like, yeah, you got to do that. But it's just weird how like yeah, time moves on. Time moves on, and just I, you don't really think about like three months being close, mm. but it really is. It is. You know, in a lot of ways. Anyway. Yeah. Um, what else? Should we the, should we move the, on to the, the cricket? The cricket. The it's film not cricket. that hard being a film cricket. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's let's dive. Turns in. out it's hard to make a show about one. Well, <laughs> it's not. Uh, no, it's not. Because <laughs> they did it. They did it. They did two seasons. It's got a cult following. People yep. like it. Yeah. Um, so, I do. I do not. Here at Two Bad Neighbors, we have positioned ourselves with a challenge: mm. eight specials to get us to our two hundredth episode. That's right. Now, one of those is examining Al Jean and Mike Reese's The Critic. Yes. Um, we. How many episodes do you think you managed to watch? So I watched all of season one, which yep. is thirteen episodes. Yeah. Um, I. Almost watched on like at like one episode in season. I actually I went to season two and I was like I'll watch the last episode. Yeah, but do you know what the last episode is? I do because I watched it. It's a clip show. It's awful. <laughs> so I didn't watch. Like I saw the title. I'm like, okay, well I'm not gonna watch a fucking clip show. And then I looked at the like the second last episode. And I'm like that. It sounds boring. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just didn't watch it. So I only watched season one. Um, but I, I don't know. You watched? Did you watch any others from season two? So I watched season one. I think, weirdly, I watched 12 episodes okay. of it, um, and then I was like, fuck this, and I jumped to season two just to see what the, like, what if there was a change, change might yeah. be, and I managed to watch three episodes, including the clip show, so really just like two and a half. Yeah. Um, 
I watched the Siskel and Ebert one, which is the season premiere. Okay. And then one that was mislabeled on my uh, files that was the Siskel and Ebert one, but it was a different <laughs> one. I, I can't remember the name of it. That's it doesn't fine. matter. It doesn't matter. The point is, I watched another one. This show is bad. <laughs> But did you notice any? Because because I didn't watch season two. Did you notice any major differences in, between seasons like we've often seen? Yes, there's. <laughs> excuse me, often seen with the Simpsons. There was an animation change. Okay, it gets a little bit uh, smoother and like a little bit. It's not as good. I like the season one animation because no. it has a charm to it. Sure. Um, that I wrote down is like it has like a immediately striking charm, and then the the second one kind of smooths out the rough edges and. It loses a little bit of that, and yeah. it, it, it's more cartoony. Like they act, they accentuate the cartooniness and the features of Jay and um, Doris Grau. Is I think her name's Doris. Doris in the okay. episode, or and, in and Duke. Like they accentuate yeah. all of the weirdness. Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, watched a bunch of episodes. Yeah. Wrote down a few things. That's good. I didn't write anything down. Okay. So we're just going to, for me, I'm just going off my memory. Um, so I wrote most of the stuff down about the pilot. Okay. Because I think the pilot of a show is a, like, it's a very important jumping off point. It's like the thesis for the show. In yeah. A, in a lot of ways, usually. And like. And whether that thesis remains or not is sometimes, you know. Yeah. Like sometimes they'll be like, oh, don't do this instead, you know. Yeah. Especially during like the golden era of sitcoms. Yeah, and whatnot, where it's like, yes, we'll we'll actually air the pilot. Look at that. You really need to see episodes one and two to see, like, this is our setup. This is what the show will be. Yeah, this is the kind of format we'll probably go through. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's one of the hard parts about a pilot is that it's an origin story in a lot of ways. Yeah. it's at, At the very least, it's usually because I would say for the most part, um, for sitcoms, yeah, is it's not an origin story per se. It's more like we we're we're jumping in yeah. in this life that's already happening. But the pilot's intention is to introduce our main characters and all the co- colorful cast of characters around them, and usually like the job of the main character because that's usually important in these sitcoms, right? Um, and then like. Yeah, like like kind of what you said, like what the show is going to be, like what the kind of structure is going to be, what the humor is going to be, um, that kind of thing. Um, the critic is about a film critic. Yep, who lives in New York City. Lives in New York City. His name is Jay Sherman. He's a Pulitzer Prize winning film critic. He is indeed. Um, he his show Coming Attractions is uh, is a very like Siskel and Ebert adjacent yep. or like uh, Roger uh, was it Ebert at the movies? Uh, Siskel and Ebert at the movies is that what it's called or just at the movies? Do you Siskel remember? and Ebert at the movies, I think. Yeah, whatever. At the movies, uh, yeah. It's adjacent at the to movies that. with Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Something along those lines, whatever. Spirit you, you know Stallion what we're talking of the about. The only, the only like famous f- film critics ever. Yeah, you pretty know. much. Uh, obviously, others popped up here and there, but for the most part, ask any lay, lay person who are some film critics, the first two names they'll, they'll give is Ebert and Siskel. And they might mention Roper. As, <laughs> Might, yeah, depending on their age as well, I guess. As Siskel's replacement. <laughs> as Siskel's replacement. Uh, and they you know, Leonard Malton, perhaps. mention Malton because yeah. of those film guides that he put That's out. Right. And if they're like, you know, having fun with it, they might mention KL. Who? Pauline KL. Oh, <laughs> right. Uh, I thought that was a first name. I was like, I've never heard of this person named KL. 
Or Peter Travers. Of Travers Rolling of Rolling Stone. Stone. I mean, yeah, there's there's the the poll quote critics yeah. that people know mostly from that. Uh, A.O. Scott. A.O. Scott. That's yeah. another one. Great poll quotes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's he lives in New York. He's uh, he's divorced. He has a son. Um, he was adopted, so he has his adoptive parents that also have a daughter. So he has a um, stepsister, half uh, stepsister, I guess, yeah. and however you want to describe it, a sister um, who's uh, seventeen. Um, he's got his boss Duke, um, uh, voiced by Charles Napier. <laughs> yep, um, and a and- really fun. <laughs> performance <laughs> and like, i uh, love his voice I yeah think i mean it's good great. it's a good voice uh and then he's got uh his yeah his makeup lady doris doris um by doris Grau. who else am i miss uh there's the the australian actor that he becomes friends with later that's right yeah um, he's friends with him pretty much out the gate is he i couldn't remember yeah. if he was in the pilot or if he showed up later he might be in the second episode Maybe second yeah yeah um is that pretty much it for supporting cast i know I, like we didn't talk as about them a lot as far as the main supporting yeah, yeah. Um, it has like he gets a girlfriend, Alice. What really? And that's in season two. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. In season two, Alice appears. Yeah. I have not. I don't know anything about I think Alice. She might be in season one or like well, a second. I mean, I watched all of them. I don't yeah. Remember him ever. I mean, well, how much were you paying attention though? It's uh, a really, it's really it, a show it that dipped as, just, as I went. Yeah. That just like washes over you, and then you forget <laughs> everything because it's not funny and yeah. not entertaining, and the main character is not likable or a person who you want to spend twenty minutes with. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Okay, so let, let's let's talk, let's talk about likeable. Jay Sherman. Let's yeah. talk about the, the main character, the, um, the film the cricket, the cricket himself. Yes. Um, so right out the gate with the intro, yep. Um, you get kind of idea of what the kind of vibe is. Of he's a schlub. He's, he's an a elitist schlub. He, he is an elitist schlub. Uh, he is uh, allegedly overweight. Yeah. Because that's a well they keep going back to, but I mention it here because it's a joke in the opening credits, right? Where he steps on the ice and it yeah. cracks, which immediately I'm like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> they're going that route. All honestly, right. honestly, when I saw the that part mm-hmm. and he stepped on the ice and it cracked, and I was like, oh, is this guy just unlucky? Uh, sure, because the animation <laughs> doesn't right. lend itself. To that, like his character design, he's half the size of everyone around yeah, him. He's very short. He's a small, and he's a small chubby. person who just. But he's like no chubbier than like Bart Simpson, for example. <laughs> no, like it's very weird that to have to make that the thing. Yeah, but they lean into that that a lot. That's one of my biggest problems with the show is the amount uh, of uh, mean spirited fat jokes. Um. Mean spiritedness in general, but like fat jokes specifically, just like piss me off because it's like, come on, guys, <laughs> I don't find them funny. I guess that's the other. Like, I, I never find fat jokes funny. Um, and like, you know, I'm gonna compare some stuff to The Simpsons. I think as we talk here, but like, you look it's at completely fair too. Yeah, you look at Homer Simpson, right? Who is uh, in the the world of The Simpsons, also uh, shown to be overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not like a constant joke. You know, if anything, if they're ever like referring to Homer's like overweightedness, it's usually a plot point because of like something they're going to do with it, like King Size Homer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or the uh, Brush with Greatness, where he gets stuck in the uh, the swimming or sorry, the uh, water slide. 
Yeah. Right. And then he goes on a diet because of it. Um, so like when they're when they're drawing attention to Homer's uh, Homer being overweight. I mean, they do like look at that flubber fly stuff. There's that um, the the episode in Brother Can You the the episode Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes where they just like uh, like he's he's eating chicken in the tank and they're like this man's body mass body mass is like 110 percent fat uh-huh. and he's like and they're like stop eating in the tanks like go to hell that's what he says uh yeah, like, that's, that's that's those that's are funny. funny and that's funny and it I, is funny <laughs> i'm like like what like look at that blubber fly i love that joke but like again it's not i, I don't know how to describe it exactly but it's it it does seem less like the joke is on homer Mm-hmm. And more just like, isn't it funny that the doctor did this thing expecting it to, you know, to just be a little like to flap for a little bit, but then it continues and then he's on and he cancels his one o'clock. Um, you know, like that's funny. But like in the critic, it'd be like, you know, uh, all right, we're going to do this and see how long your your blubber goes or whatever. And then it'll be like, oh, this is going to take a while. Uh, you stay here. And then he'll be, he'll like sadly sit there and he'll like, you know, go to darkness and come back to light. And he'll be like, oh, it happened overnight. And he'll come back. It's like, oh, it's still going. All right. See, you know, like it's just this weird, like attitude that they have towards Jay Sherman. That's like, you're fat. And also like, you should be sad about that. The show doesn't like him. The show does not like him. Most of the characters don't like him. Yeah. Um, I, 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 as an audience member, don't like him. No, I don't either. <laughs> um, and I, I think, think that's the right other thing, to not right? like is him. Is that Homer, sucks. Homer's likable, like at least yes. in, in the in the classic era. Yes. Um, he's always very likable, so that even when he goes through these tribulations of being overweight, we, we as an audience are at least on his side of like, oh, like, like he means well, though. And, you know, like, it's just the, the, the cynicism, the mean-spiritedness is what really rose me the wrong way in this show. And it just, I think, exemplified the most with the jokes directed at Jay Sherman and specifically the fat jokes. Yeah. And there's other stuff too, but, um, but yeah, he's, so like the the thing about him, his character too, is that they never quite land on whether he's a respected film critic or he's a joke of a film critic. Right. And I think they needed to choose one or the other because if he's a respected film critic, at the very least, that would have a good juxtaposition of like, oh, like my job, everyone thinks I'm very smart and, you know, blah, 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 but my personal life sucks, right? And that'd be a fun thing to play with. Or if they made his, <laughs> him being a film critic, like everyone hates him, um, then you can't have things like uh, an actress sleeping with him so that he'll give her a good review, because no one gives a shit about his reviews, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just that weird balance they can't quite strike where it's like, okay, does anyone care about his reviews or don't they? Because I'd say overall the show acts like they don't mostly, right? Like he's treated as a joke more often than like people are like, oh, like he has a good opinion on this film. Yeah. Um, which again is fine, but the actions of characters, uh, especially like when they're trying to do some you know, commentary, some satire about the film industry and the uh, criticism industry, I guess. They never quite land on whether or not they're like, they want him to give the movie a good review or not. Right. I think that is, that's a, that's a massive problem over, over two seasons. You're right. Like at least in the, in the break Mm -hmm. between seasons one and two, you should have 
figured out <laughs> something yeah. in the room. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, what is he? Is he a good... Exactly. Answer that question. Yeah. You know, if you know you're coming back for a second season, answer that question. Um, Ebert and Siskel and Ebert did a review on The Critic. Mm. Uh, did you did you know that? Uh, I read I read briefly about it, but yeah, I, didn't, I didn't dive too deep. It's like one of their only TV reviews right. they ever did, and they mentioned how it's like you should go more into the life of this person as a critic, right? As an actual critic, right? Because a lot there's of the episodes a, are just him living his life. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah. shocking lack of because they say in he says he says in i think the last episode which i watched ha ha the clip show <laughs> that he has a phd in film sure he has a phd right he's a we doctor never see the love <laughs> really yeah like i don't i don't like i don't feel the love of film right, right. that yes. he has that he would need to have to attain such a I never feel the passion. I never see the passion. It's always buried in this really, really unpleasant pie of sarcasm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that really, I think, stems from the fact that they constantly f- go back to that well of, tonight I'll be reviewing, and then show a clip from a movie that doesn't exist. Yeah. And I think, uniformly, those are all bad. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't remember any of them, so that's. They a, show a good almost indication. every yeah. single one on the clip show episode, and okay. I watched that just before you came over, so I'm fresh. Yeah, <laughs> they're all bad, um, except for this one that was a silent film that was kind of funny. It was uh, like a documentary from World War One called like "Hold the Mustard Gas" or something, okay. and I was like, "This is so dark, it's kind of funny." Right. Uh. And that was the one that I remember actually kind of chuckling at in the moment. But all of them rely on these very rote, very standard celebrity impressions that aren't really very good at all. And yeah. I don't I'm not a fan of impression humor in the sure. first place. Yeah. I don't actually think it's funny. I remember I think in back to back episodes they make uh Al Pacino hua joke. Uh-huh. And that's that's what stuck. At, I'm like, oh, they're doing that exact. And I'm, I guess it must have been around when Sen of a Woman came out. I mean, at the time, Sen of a Woman was nearly four or five years okay. old. Okay, but it was yeah, but it was it was more recent. Yeah, Pacino, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember that. Yeah, two different jokes. Um, I I think back to back episodes at the very least, like pretty close together. Um, of just like I I'm Al Pacino and I say hooah yeah hooah. Yeah. There's, I say hooah a lot, and it's like, yeah, I get it. There's, uh, I think I counted like uh, three Woody Allen jokes in the first. Oh yeah, they like the they like Woody Allen jokes too, um, which I'm fine. With, like obviously fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, termed. It, it's also like something that I like to clock every time <laughs> a show from that era makes a joke because they do a Woody Allen joke in the Stars Burns they episode, do, yeah. um, and it's like, oh, right. We're horrible. <laughs> We've known this. Yeah, everyone knew. Everyone's known this <laughs> for 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. <laughs> That's 30 Woody Allen movies. <laughs> That's 30 Woody Allen movies. And he's a movie a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah at least he did. <laughs> um, and so, like, maybe, maybe we're bad. I don't know. Like... <laughs> 
I can hide behind the fact that I never liked Woody Allen in the mm-hmm. first place. I yeah. always thought his movies sucked. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I've liked two or three here and there, but I haven't. I've never. I've never understood the the praise. I guess. Yeah. Like I, I can understand. Yeah. I I get one. Mm-hmm. I like one of his movies. Midnight in Paris. No. Okay. I like the Purple I know Rose you, of Cairo. Okay. I was gonna say I know you don't like Annie Hall. I don't. Um, which is probably his most famous. Yeah, I'd say sure it's is the best picture winner, right? Yeah. Um, Manhattan. I've never seen I like Manhattan. Manhattan. I've never seen. Okay, Manhattan. I like Manhattan. I like Midnight in Paris. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> okay, I I like I like the Purple Rose of Cairo. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. And that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, they he gets, like to mentioned, make fun of him. He gets yeah. mentioned three or four times in the. Well, first that's the other. That's episodes. the other thing about this this show is that it is obviously steeped in pop culture. Um, as you mentioned, their uh, like movie clips within the show are rarely real movies, right? Like that's what the kind of the vibe they go with is like. Let's make up uh, spoofs of real movies. Yeah. So there was like you know, Honey, I Ate the Kids. Yeah. For example, where it's like Hannibal Lecter is uh, Wayne Selinsky or whatever. Yeah, it's like I ate, I ate them and get. Can you guess if he mentions fava beans and does, does. the thing? He does the whole he thing. Sure does. Um, <laughs> which I think is is also another problem I have with the show is like whenever they do those spoofs and satires, it it's it feels like, and I guess like the '90s were kind of starting to be spoof central in a way. Spoofs became more popular, like spoof movies and that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and, and it's humor I generally don't like because it's just taking the lowest, like hanging fruit, and yeah. it's usually very unfunny. It's just like you know Hannibal Lecter doing that is like like the 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 simplest thing. It's yeah. because it's the famous line, you know. Um, the only time it works for me <laughs> is in um, is it in Stars Burns? <laughs> Where he's casting Mr. Excellent. Burns? Excellent, yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, and I, I think it works because it's kind of unexpected, right? He doesn't do like, any, he doesn't talk about Chianti's and shit beforehand. He's just like, excellent. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah, he doesn't do the line. <laughs> it's it's restrained in yeah, a way. It is restrained, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they, they lean on all these like fake movie spoofs. And they're usually unfunny because they're yeah they're just like mad te- mad uh, magazine spoofs right, and I just think it's such a missed mad opportunity. Magazine, that's a great yeah that that's that's <laughs> a great way to describe it. That is exactly the kind of humor stuff I actually would have probably found funny if I was like ten or eleven. Sure, yeah, but I'm not, and this show is not <laughs> geared toward ten and eleven. No, years. no. Um, it's very much a weirdly quiet and unremarkable show that is geared towards an uh, adult audience in a way that even like even more so than The Simpsons. Yep. Yeah, I'd say so. And it's it's. I think it's such a worse version of King of the Hill in a lot of ways. <laughs> You know what I'm I mean? Not, I, I'm not super familiar with King of the Hill. Well, King of the I, Hill has like this hyper realism mm-hmm. vibe to it that I think with the critics' animation, it kind of like finds its way to, except for like some of its cutaway jokes and um, some of the more wackier plots. <laughs> but anyway, it, it feels that the elitist version of King of the Hill in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, mm-hmm. or maybe the elitist version of The Simpsons. Yeah. And 
yeah, maybe, I don't know, but it really made me think of, it really got me thinking of like, why do I like A Star Is Burns that episode so much? And I do think that A Star Is Burns is the best episode of the show, The Critic. By, well, see, by quite a long shot. <laughs> and I think the reason is, and if this is something that you've also decided on, please let me know. Uh, I think Jay Sherman functions in a much more likable and a lot uh, more tolerable capacity as a supporting character inside a bigger show. Like if yeah, he was absolutely. something that yeah. the Simpsons literally in Stars Burns turned on the TV and we saw them do that like we just saw his coming attractions show every once in a while and maybe he crosses paths with the simpsons i find that character much more uh sustainable yeah and i i'd agree i mean obviously his appearance in the simpsons is uh is good um for me like i think it's i think he's a good interesting character in that episode but here's here's what i kind of realized because we talked about this last uh last episode uh, where I asked, what's the best crossover episode of a TV show? And you said, A Star is Burns. I don't think it's a crossover episode. <laughs> because it's a completely different character. The yeah, character we see yeah. in The Critic is not the character we see in The Simpsons. No. And that's, all, I think, also why, in my memory as a child, was, oh, I'd probably like The Critic, because it's this character that I like, I think is funny in this episode, and he talks about movies a lot. That they sounds like my thing. Yeah. in The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. They make the choice that we, that you were talking about in yeah. The Simpsons. If he's a if he's an unrespected uh, critic or a respected one, yeah. and he is he's respected, respected absolutely in New York. And that's the thing is like in in his brief appearance in The Simpsons, he uh, even when we see the coming attractions thing, you can tell he's a respected critic, but also uh, is like kind of an elitist, right? Like yeah. where he where he he will he will say vibe. yeah he will say to you know Rainier Wolfcastle like like this movie's bad. Like why did you like. <laughs> Like this is a bad movie, uh, you know, thumbs down. And the the problem I think with the the critic show itself is that we never really see, as you were kind of mentioning early on, we never see the movies that he does like. Yeah, they lean too much in the like we need to make sure he's shitting on all these popular movies um, because he's an elitist film critic. But we never get to see him be like, oh, like you know, uh, Scorsese's new masterpiece, blah blah, blah you know, blah blah blah. Uh, because that's what would make a character more interesting. Where it's like, oh, he likes movies. He's not. He's not like against movies. He just has a very specific style that he prefers, and he doesn't like populist trash. Um, you know, which I disagree with. But at least works. I love as a populist. Trash. I love populist trash. Are you kidding me? <laughs> keeps me. Give me keeps, all the Spider Mans. <laughs> it keeps me alive. Yeah. Did you not hear what I said? I know, you audience. <laughs> in the first twenty minutes of this episode, I watched all three Spider Man ones. <laughs> Again, <laughs> without even really meaning to, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, when he crosses over to the Simpsons, it's a completely different character, and and that's the character that I think would work. Where again, like he's he's respected, and he's got all these accolades. Uh, you know, he has all his his Pulitzers and Golden Globes, all that stuff. Like he's presented as like uh, a more successful Homer in a way, right? Yep. And I think that would be more interesting. Again, where like if in the critic TV show, it's like, yeah, you might have all these awards and all this like critical fame, but like you're adopted, you have a, uh, you're divorced, you have a son who doesn't really like you, maybe like because that's the other thing they make the the son a bit too like sycophantic with. Son with loves him. his dad. Yeah, which is fine overall. 
it's not a problem in in the show, I don't think. But again, if they went a better route with the character of the critic, yep. I think that there would be a more interesting dynamic if he if the son kind of didn't like his dad because he's too elitist. Yeah. Um, and that could draw some interesting stories. But but instead, yeah, he's just like, oh, dad, you're the best. And, you know, <laughs> and like he takes after his dad. So he's picked on at school and there's that whole dynamic, too. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know. I f- I feel like it's just such a missed opportunity to have no clear idea of what your character is. Yeah, and it's a it's an even bigger, uh, almost like uh, you should have done this when you see a stars burns. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I do. Th- I I would have liked to have seen him just be in the Simpsons. After he they shows can- up a couple more times. After they canceled him, I would have just like he's in a mental. mental he sure hospital. is. It stinks. <laughs> yes, Mister Sherlock. Like I know we're not giving this a good, a good review. Like we're not. Like it's an no. absolutely negative review. And there's a dedicated following to this show, mainly due to the fact that it did get revived. Um, in a, they did a webisode, a series of 10 webisodes in the early 2000s. What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, they did. And and they also had the DVD release during the DVD right. boom. So yeah. these things kind of kept Helped it give it interest life, and yeah. keep it alive and generate that cult following. And of course, it also aired on syndication for a little while in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, I think that's one of the main reasons why Clone High became mm. so, you know, instantly recognizable is they released it on dvd and they kept running those episodes ad nauseum that's true uh, for nights and nights and nights and that's why these things stick around a lot longer than you think they would have but this show has this reputation at least online in what i've done in the reading that i've done for being one of those shows that's like oh we canceled this too soon Mm -hmm. and i don't think they did (laughs) no I think it was like I think they gave it more they, yeah. than a fair shake. They gave it two seasons yeah. to figure their shit out, and they didn't. And they never did. They even gave it a spinoff. They gave it a bump on the biggest show mm. in America. Mm-hmm. So if it was gonna burn out, then it was gonna burn out, and like there was nothing you could really do to save this show. And I think the proof is in the show. Yeah, is that. I don't know. I don't know really what else to to say as far as like overall thoughts go. Um, I I can say something that I really liked in sure. the uh, first couple episodes. One thing I just want to mention before I forget it, though, yeah. um, is the other the other aspect of Jay's character is that he's like a sad sack, yeah. right? And so because I think again it could work okay if you had the show happen the way it does if he had this like false sense of uh importance um which you know you look at characters like homer like peter griffin like those kind of characters that are bad people um you know uh or at least peter griffin is peter griffin's a bad person oh, yeah. homer becomes a bad person later Definitely. as the show goes on um but you know it's like where uh they're doing like bad things but they themselves think that they're great Mm-hmm. And therefore, it at least like makes more sense in the context of why they continue to do these things. But with Jay Sherman, it's just like he does a thing, and then people are like, "That's bad," and he's like, "You're right," mm. and then he gets like sad and like in in internal, and it's just it's just weird. Like yeah. it just feels like off. Like why is this sad person? <laughs> 
continuing to do all these things that clearly make people mad or like you know like it's just it's bizarre it's a bizarre character um and i i I think john lovitz is good i think he does he does a good job overall i think the the writing is is the problem because i also i think he's wonderful in stars burns of course Mm -hmm. um he's a great voice actor like his voice is wonderful it's it's so funny yeah but they, they, I don't know, they weirdly, like, also try to instill all these catchphrases with him in the show. Like, obviously, it stinks. Mm-hmm. Th- that'd be fine if that was his catchphrase, because mm-hmm. it's like, uh, that's what he says about every film. And it's like, okay, fine. But then he has, like, yeah, the, the ha- Hachi Machi. Uh, and he has that weird, like, uh, ha! Or I can't remember. How does it go? Yeah, something like it's that. weird cough thing. Yeah. A Yeah. Is it, like, a Jewish thing? I don't know. Something whatever. like that. It's... Like his his illegitimate son does it too. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Anyway, um, that's all I want to say is that yeah, his his hatred of himself um, makes the hate other people's hatred of him um, just it, it all becomes one note yeah. instead of having like interesting uh, three dimension three dimensionality to his character. Yeah, you just want to be like wh- I don't know why they hate him so much. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways, but then he does stuff, and I'm like, okay, that's yeah, why, yeah, that's why you hate him. But also at the same time, because he hates himself, to, yeah, he hates himself, and it's like, what? I don't care. <laughs> I just, I find it so hard to care. Yeah, and then you know they don't really lean into the 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 satire of the the Duke character enough either. No, not right? at all. Where it's like not you need to you need it's to do this. It's a promising character, yeah. like a like uh, from from the pilot. When I watched the yeah. pilot, I was like, okay, this was not great, but I honestly think the pilot's one of the better episodes. I, I would agree of, and, the, of the ones I saw. Yeah, and like at least it had some jokes in it that kind of made me chuckle. Yeah, but like the rest of it is so eh. Yeah, it's like they found a status quo in the pilot that they were happy with, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, you gotta. You got to expound. You got to do stuff. Yeah, build it up. Because, yeah, the, I mean, the Duke character is like, you need to do blank for the station. You know, you need to advertise or you need to like do all. And he's so it's like him wrestling with his integrity and with his job. And but they just they so touch many, on it. And that's so, so many episodes. Yeah. They do it so many times. That's like the one well that they feel it's, like they have. But it's also it's, it's done so many times, but like never um in an interesting way. Like, it's always yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like, do this. He's like, no, I don't want to because of integrity. And he's like, well, then you're fired. And he's like, dang it, I guess I'll do it. And like, that's it. Like, they never like try to like figure out an interesting satire with that. Because I do think that is, you know, something that um, in that industry is probably a, oh, a heavy part of it. There's, you a, know? There's, there's a billion things to mine from it. That's yeah. what 30 Rock is based that's around. That's true, yeah. yeah. That's that whole show, eventually. Eventually, yeah. And it is the reason that that show is kind of good mm-hmm. because I I don't care for the other two main characters in that show. Uh, what are the other two? Uh, Jane Krakowski and okay. Tracy Morgan. I I, I don't. But you care. like Baldwin and, and uh, yeah, Faye. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't care for those two. <laughs> or their. That's right. Actually, I think Tracy. Or their plots. Yeah, I think Tracy Morgan grows on me a lot in that show. Yeah. Um, when they because like he starts out as a character I detest. Like the kind of character I detest. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, ah, he's like, he's he's wacky and like, blah, but like when they like give him things where he like says something really profound and like, and it's unexpected. I don't know. It really works for me sometimes, but it's 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 up and down with that show. I mean, it's been a while since I rewatched it too. I think but. he's a very bad actor. Well, fair. So it makes but makes it difficult. <laughs> um, I don't like Pete. Which one's Pete? 
Um, Scott Adsit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Pete sucks. He sucks. Yeah, Pete sucks. <laughs> and they don't know what to do with him. Yeah. He becomes like a minor character as it goes on. But he's still in the opening credits. Anyway. I mean, so is BJ Novak in That's the true. office. That's true. Nine seasons. Oh, boy. How did he manage that? Uh, he's a producer, too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a secret office podcast. <laughs> Not enough of those out there, right? Is there a lot? There probably is. I feel like there's the I Jenna Fisher, Angela Kinsey one, and that's kind that of existed. all you really need. That. <laughs> um. All right. Scratches so, that itch. <laughs> so what? What you wrote down some things you liked. Yeah. Let's let's I mean, let's talk. Let's try and talk positive a little right, bit here. All right. Um. Okay. Film can falling. I've said that already. <laughs> um, okay, so every once in a while, they will come out with this, like with a with a little movie reference, and usually it's something that's that's not a cutaway. Like when they reference movies in a way that's not a cutaway, it's like a Simpsons sign gag. Usually, those are the ones that actually work, and the type of humor in the show that works for me is the stuff where he's like oh and i got this merchandise from my left foot and it's a sock it's his left sock that says my left foot uh-huh. on it i was like that's funny <laughs> sure that's funny stuff i either missed that one or it's in season two it's in season one okay. uh, it. <laughs> it's in the united nations episode when they go to the to the un and there's like a cuban there's this Cuban girl that his son is into. Right. Oh man, um, I forgot that episode existed. There's a there's a line <laughs> that she says where it's like, "My father says your country will one day choke on the excrement of your capitalist excess." Where I was like, "I like that." <laughs> that whole episode recognizes late stage capitalism. Sure. <laughs> and I'm kind of into it. Yeah, you're into that. Yeah. Um, but it never. <laughs> <laughs> like like that that episode might be the best one that's not in the pilot and it says there's there's a sign outside of the UN that says UN teaching tolerance and brotherhood to those who can afford it and i'm like yeah that sounds that's accurate mm-hmm. because that's what you do yeah. you know <laughs> like it's uh, the the idea of uh, that very idea is a very like privileged place to come from mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's Achim. weirdly, I just remembered you, you remembered it. <laughs> I think it's a weirdly on point episode. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting your point. It's okay. <laughs> With a fucking sound. I just wanted to say it so I remember. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's all I've got for, <laughs> that's all I got for good things for, for that. But there's one more good thing. Okay. Okay. Um, in episode six, Phil Hartman guest stars as Adolf Hitmaker and <laughs> Bernie I the agent. Don't remember that either. <laughs> what, wait, what episode is that? That's episode six. Yeah, but what's it about? Um, Jay needs to get a, an image makeover, and they, and that it's one where he becomes fat. Did I miss this one? Let me look, let me just lay it up here. Um, Is it actually episode six? Well, I watched all of season one. That's why yeah. I'm like, uh, if it was in that season. Yeah, episode six. Jay rethinks his career when his one thousandth episode bash is a dud. Oh, he seeks advice yes. From okay. Image 
consultant Adolf Hitmaker, but his advice and all other attempts at recreating his TV image prove unsuccessful. That is that. Right. Yes, I remember the beginning of that episode. (laughs) Yeah, and I thought that was a good one. I might have been doing schoolwork while I watched it. Fair enough. (laughs) I, I thought that was just nice to see him cross over into that. Right, he's trying to get a Pulitzer. And right? I th- yes, that must be it. That or maybe I can't remember. It's his thousandth episode, it's a dud. Yeah, I remember that part. They think he's Bobby Sherman for a second and that made me laugh because of Lisa's uh reaction. Bobby Sherman. <laughs> yes. I just thought about that yeah. and that's what made me laugh in the episode. So I guess that my the things that I liked were so few and far between. Like, I don't think anyone in his adopted family, his family, is all that compelling or interesting. Yeah, so let, let's talk about the supporting cast. I, I do think um, uh, the sister character... Margot? Margot, uh, voiced by Nancy Cartwright, uh, is the most interesting of the supporting cast, and they barely use her. Yep. Um, <laughs> so that that's another where I was like, oh, like that's an like that's an interesting dynamic that we don't really see often of like a you know a man in his thirties with a sister who's in her teens and they're not related by blood but they they're still brother and sister and um you know there's a, a kind of like uh because the, the their real father is a nutbag and so like there's a, fa- a father daughter thing that's a uh, relationship that's kind of happening that's interesting that's also a sibling relationship and i was like that's that's interesting and there's like the one where she, uh, is it prom or whatever that he takes he goes to prom with her or some some fancy thing with her um that like again like t- starts touching on some interesting things of the dynamics of the characters and then just kind of from my again from my memory just like pulls the rug out to make a fat joke or something you know um there's the episode where uh the the mom starts writing children's book about the fat little pig Mm -hmm. that's clearly a you know a jay sherman um person and uh character and again like the episode goes so far in the cynicism and the and the like negativity where it's like oh like it's a fat little pig we hate this pig boo pig uh, you know, and then it ends with her killing the character off because, and she says, because it was hurting someone I love. And it's played as a sweet moment. And I'm like, that doesn't feel sweet at all. <laughs> but you can tell that's what they want. They want to be like, oh, see, she learned a lesson and she does care for her son. But I'm like, I don't believe it. Nope. I don't buy it. Nope. She's, she's cold hearted. doesn't hurt that the universe is pretty elastic too. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to square one at the, in the very next episode. And, we're binging this right so yeah. it really like it really yeah it's it's really tough to have a show that's elastic where the characters like learn something in the end because in the simpsons they kind of call themselves out on it being like <laughs> it didn't mean anything it's just a bunch of stuff that happened <laughs> i guess the real lesson here is the squeaky wheel gets the grease <laughs> um yeah like it's but the thing is, The Simpsons does have like tender character moments. Yes, right? they do. They and, do. That, and that's what really works well with the with the. But the they're never years. status quo changing, right? You know, like Marge loves her kids at the beginning of an episode and at the end. That way, we don't have to go through her learning to love her kids because her status quo is that she doesn't. Right. Whereas in the critic, we definitely feel that Jay's mom. Her status quo is she does not care for Jay. Yes. Yep. 
And the the father character, um, again, as I said, is just a nutbag. Yep. And that's like they they try with him, like the humor, like try some yeah. humor yeah. that doesn't really land for me because um, it's that kind of like absurdism. Um, that's like I don't I don't know how to describe because I like absurdism when done well. Sure. I just feel like it's not done well with this character. No. Um. And it's it's almost like did, did you ever watch the bad lip readings? Mm-hmm. I hate those. Um, and I think it's because it's absurdism with zero point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where it's just like, oh, we say random words and that's funny. And yeah, I'm like, I definitely thought it was funny when I saw them the night that I saw them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Have you like, watched any recently? No, no. I, I, because if you watch one right now, I think you might agree with me. But I No, don't know, no, maybe. no. I, I do agree with oh, you okay. because I've had in the, like, I have a journey as well uh your programming allows for that well because i yeah absolutely because i teach uh i I used to teach i used to teach improv yeah and one of the things that i would do was talk about sketch comedy Mm -hmm. and one of the assignments that i would be like is like scour the internet come to me with uh something that makes you laugh on the internet that's like sketch comedy um some people would do it some people would not (laughs) and we got the sometimes we got the bad lip reading thing and i'm like all right, so I've definitely seen the Yoda one recently. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I can't. I think the last one I watched was a Game of Thrones one. Sure. And I, and I was just like, and everyone was like, "This is so funny." And I, I was like, "Okay, I'll give it another shot." And I was like, "No, it's not for me." No, it's not. It's it comes down on the same. Like, there's nothing there. There. So, I'm like, what are we doing? Well, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's that thing where it's like, yeah, the the unexpectedness, the randomness is what other people find humorous, but I don't. You know, mm-hmm. and I do think like improv is a good. I'm sure you, you've encountered this in improv, where like someone will come in, like you know, you'll be like, uh, "All right, I'm I'm uh, I'm digging I'm digging a hole," and someone comes in and is like, "Don't put the bananas in there," and it, it like in context it like doesn't make sense, you know. And, oh, but it's I just could like, go it's, from that. Well, sure, I could go off of that. Yeah, it's well, a hole. We uh, put bananas in the hole. What are you? What about the ice cream? What? Oh, uh, I suppose it would uh, melt. I'm rocketing to the moon. Bye. Oh, don't wait. <laughs> Yep, definitely. But yeah. you know what I mean? No, like yeah, that, you're definitely, that idea. You're definitely grabbing the steering wheel and not letting go. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and obviously, yes, like you're like, a good at improviser. I will, so I you will know try. how to take yeah, you know how to take something like that, like a random element that doesn't really at least seemingly at the time fit with the scene, but a good improviser will be able to take that and make it like make sense in context, right? Whereas like a bad improviser will just keep doing random shit. Um it's almost like why the the games of like using audience members to um like on whose line or whatever mm-hmm. you know like where they they do the sound effects that kind of thing like those work because the improvisers are so good that yep. they if they say like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot my gun now and it goes pew and like oh it's set on laser you know like they they take that and make it like something funny within the the realm of the world they're called justification games great <laughs> <laughs> there's your improv lesson for the day um but yeah, so that's just the the absurdism of bad lip readings I never liked. Why did I start talking about bad lip readings? Oh, the the father character. The father yes. character has that same vibe for me where it's just like uh, you know, he's like, "Well, I'm off. I'm off to the ball." And he like does weird shit and everyone's just like, "Oh, that's that's dad." And it's like, "What? <laughs> he should not be in charge of things." <laughs> no. He's lost his he's lost his nutters. Yeah, he's uh he's gone. Um so yeah, I don't like that character. I don't. Uh, the mother character is like just yeah, like like we were saying, is just kind of 
the same joke of like she doesn't care for her son and it's never really expounded on in any interesting way um they try to with that pig episode um the daughter character like uh, or like the uh margo uh like i said i think she's an interesting character but they like i said they barely use her like i remember that prom thing and that's about it Mm -hmm. um and then uh who else we got we got the the australian actor yep um pretty boring (laughs) i thought immediately immediately boring um what like uh, out of date even for its time yeah when was uh crocodile dundee in la <laughs> when was he in la yeah like 2000 something no really i thought it was in the 90s hold on let me look it up crocodile um, dundee 3 in yeah. los angeles yeah yeah that's like 2000 something no it's not that late is it yeah man hold on i gotta find because because two is in 88 yeah they waited that long? 2001? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind, it definitely was like, I guess like, yeah, I guess I thought late 90s, like 96 or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not that far off, I suppose, but I definitely didn't think it was past the millennium. Yeah. Yeah. I w- when in 2001? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. I have a feeling it was pre-September. Uh yeah, April. Okay, April good. 2001. Good. Uh <laughs> good. So it's still just, a 90s they did movie it. then. Yeah, they, they got it in yeah, under the wire. It's still a 90s uh, movie because they, you know, as we all know, Hollywood knew 9/11 was going to happen. Big trouble was coming. Yeah, never forget tomorrow's 9/11 by the way. Starring Tim Allen. Um officially 10 uh 20 years. 20 years. 20 years, baby. 20 years. It has shaped everything in our lives. Oh god. <laughs> too too much of a degree. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, the Australian actor, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of aping Dundee a little bit, right? Like, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, they don't do much with him. He's just, he's, he's kind of just portrayed as like Jay's friend, right? Because they needed, they, they, I think they clearly realized like we need him to have a friend. <laughs> and so like who, who would work? I don't know. Like some, some actor that way that's a nice juxtaposition between this like famous, like good looking actor and. This film cricket. This guy, yeah. Um, oh, the joke. Okay, a joke I remember liking. I just remembered it because we're talking about the Australian guy. I don't remember what episode it's in. It's, it had to be an early one. It might even be the pilot. But um, what's his name, by the way? Do you remember? I'll find out. Tex Rex. Uh, it's probably Mick something. <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> that's fair, but isn't, is that Dundee's name? McDundie? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's Jeremy Hawk. Jeremy Hawk. Okay. Anyway, Jeremy Hawk is trying to, I think, help Jay in some way, and he needs a gun. Mm. And there's a vending machine for guns. Mm-hmm. And he puts his money in, and it's like, are you it's like, are you crazy or something? Are you a criminal? Are you a criminal? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> it's no. I just I don't know. That made me laugh. Because again, that's I think that's good satire about gun control. Yeah, that's in the US, good. You know? That's a good bit. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. That is a funny bit. <laughs> I think that's literally the only one I remember laughing out loud at. Um, and I don't remember which episode it's in. But anyway, Jeremy Hawk. Yeah, he's boring. boring it's character. the misery episode, is it not? Where it he might goes be. Yeah, that sounds him. right. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that episode. No. But here's... Here, okay, here, that's the other thing about that episode, though. Is that... That's what I kind of wanted from the show as a whole, though. Yeah, was them it's to do better movie than the spoofs. other ones. 
like do movie spoofs within the 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 main story yeah. like our like uh you know citizen Bur- no what's it called <laughs> citizen burns rosebud thank you <laughs> I mean, it should have should have been called Citizen Burns, yeah. um, but yeah, Rosebud. Uh, like that episode works really well because it's doing a big Citizen Kane spoof, um, but like not drawing attention to it, mm-hmm. right? The the misery episode. I, I do think they draw more attention to it mm-hmm. in, in that episode, but it it works just as a concept. I think is more interesting if they di- continue to do things like that, mm-hmm. where it's like Jay's playing out a famous movie's storyline in some way. Um, but the, that's the only one I remember them doing explicitly. Yeah, I'd get real sick of that. Eh, yeah, probably. I mean, don't do every episode. Yeah. But like, make it a make it a more common thing. I think. Yeah, I think that is the only one they did. Yeah, that's specifically that way. Because uh, yeah, the whole reason they do the the critic as a as a concept is so they can have movie spoofs, and it makes sense in context and not just be weird cutaways, right? Even though they are, but you know what I mean. Um, it's the thing they they do turn into just weird cutaways. It, yeah. it is very um, laying the runway for Family Guy. It's true. Yeah. Um, who else? We got the 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 son. Yep, Marty Junior. I think you said everything. <laughs> or not Marty Junior. Jay Junior. Jay Junior. Is it Jay Junior? I don't know. I don't remember his fucking. Is it Marty? Is that why I said Marty? Is his name Marty. So <laughs> much I remember. You nailed it, Marty show. Sherman. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I mean, I like Christine Cavanaugh, the voice actress. Mm-hmm. You may know her as Tommy Pickles from Rugrats and lots of things. Oh, but, but that's the you know the voice I associate her with the most. Oh, she passed away. Yeah, but uh, but I like her, and I you know she she plays the part fine. But again, they just they don't really know what to do with the character except for you know he likes his dad and he wants to be he wants to do well in school. I don't know. There's the talent show episode. Do you remember that one where he's going to play guitar, but then some other person plays guitar really well. And so he just moves his stomach. He's like, this is the only other thing I know how to do. And he moves his stomach and then they play music to it. I think I did watch that. (laughs) But again, it was like, I might've been cooking something. (laughs) (laughs) This is the content that everybody wants. That's right. Yeah. Um, Doris. Doris is makeup lady. She's a makeup lady. There's the one episode where they go on a date. Yep. That's about as far as, the, as it goes. Yep. With her character development. Um, I mean, Doris Grau, though. She's great. Great voice. Yep. R.A.P. Um, is that it? I mean, we talked about the uh, boss mm-hmm. a little bit. Charles Napier. Charles Napier. What a... Which, again, yeah, great voice. Inspired casting. Yeah. Um, but he's also used kind of like minimalist, you know? Yeah. Because I think I remember he's in the pilot for sure, and then I remember like him not showing up again for a while, and I'm like, what happened to Duke? Yeah, he doesn't show up again for a little bit, but he's he's there, you know. Yeah. He's 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 a catalyst for a lot of stuff. He's in season two, the three episodes that I saw, which were like spaced apart, mm-hmm. so I can only imagine <laughs> that he's in most of it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a boring show. Like yeah, I didn't. I, I, think I wasn't yeah. excited by this show. Yeah, yeah. I think it just yeah it relies too much on punching down on the ma- their main character. And I really tried to make it be like, why is it this isn't working for me? Because I've always been a fan of Al Jean and Mike Reese as a duo, as a duo. Yeah. And I go back to season three, 
their like what's a lot of people call their masterpiece season. And didn't they do four? They as did well? do four okay. as well, which I would contend is better. I think it's better, yeah. Um, but when you go through season three, you see nothing but classics, just just tons of classic episodes. And I I went back and I watched a few of the season three episodes, and I'm like, no, this is this is still good. This mm-hmm. is good stuff. And when you watch a star as Burns, you're like, this is. This is a little weird for The Simpsons, but for what it is, it's really good. Yeah. And I don't know. I I just don't I don't know where where they go wrong, but they're never able to get back to what it was that made them great in the first place. I mean, I I hate to say it, but I think it is characters. I think it's just they didn't they didn't invent the Simpsons family, or that's true, the, or the characters. So they 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 were they were gifted. They were inha- they inherited <laughs> they inherited them, yeah. all these characters on a silver platter. Yeah, in a lot of ways, and that had been developing they, for yeah, two that seasons had, exactly. And so yeah. they already knew what worked and what didn't, and so yeah. they were able to run with it and do some interesting. Because I think, for the most part, the critic episodes, like the the plot ideas, aren't half bad, right? Yeah, like the story ideas make sense yeah. and like could have some interesting stuff in there but yeah i think it's just the characters are underdeveloped or uh too like overdeveloped in the sense that like with with the main character with jay sherman where he, it's like they're trying to do too much with him yeah where it's like he's a sad sack uh he's lonely but he also like pulls really easily <laughs> like he gets a lot of women um but is always lonely and then you know he's like <laughs> And polls. That's great. I he haven't does. heard that. Jay Sherman years. polls. <laughs> um, and then yeah, like the the fact that his uh, his show is uh, in some episodes low ratings, and in other episodes he's respected film critic. You know, like it even matters. Jesus, yeah. man. Like that's the another thing about the Duke character that I'm like, why do you care? What is your what is your game here? We need to know so much more about yeah, you totally. to really understand why you, this very wealthy person, really cares about the cheapest, <laughs> easily the like easily the cheapest show to produce yeah, on your network. Absolutely, because look at it. Yeah, you know it is just Ebert set. and Roper at the movies, yeah. and he just sits there and talks about movies. Siskel and Ebert at the movies. That's what it is. Siskel and That's Ebert at called? the movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not, glad, glad we solved. Yeah, solved it. That was the <laughs> that was the runner. By the way, that was the that's another uh, improv lesson. <laughs> Call back Callbacks, yeah. when the audience forgets, forgets about, about it. it. Yeah, so right. we're done. We did it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, because I mean, when Gene Gene and Reese come back to the Simpsons, um, it's also a good season, right? Because only come back in season seven or something. Yeah. Or is that Oakley? Anyway, I think they come back though after the critic bombs. They do, yeah. Right? Before, like in the golden age, still. Yeah. Maybe season six, even. Um, which season is Stars Burns in? Is that six or six. seven? It's six. Maybe they did the season six. They were the showrunners for that. I don't remember. Greg's looking it up. Um, but yeah, I do think that just just having a, a base of characters to work with already is why those work better for them as a duo. And it's why the critic fails, at least for me, um, because they don't know how to establish good characters off the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh it just it just yeah it just feels gross the show just feels gross and like i know it's like 90s cynicism is prevalent everywhere but i don't like it sorry gene returned full-time to the simpsons during the 10th season not with reese once again became showrunner with the start of the yeah because i knew i knew they came back in, in 10 yeah um, and then, yeah, I became showrunner not too long after that. Um, maybe they just write some episodes in, you know, six, Possibly, seven, eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, he returns full time with the, with 10th season. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, and nothing ever bad happened after that. <laughs> Everything went smoothly from yeah. that, there on. Al, we've got a seat for you. Yeah, we do. Um, love your work. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's basically, have, this have, whole episode is basically, fuck you, Al Jean. It right? kind of is, yeah. <laughs> it kind of is, in a lot of ways. Because um, they did, they had their shot. They I, I kind of see what Matt Groening was on about. Like, taking his name off of the Stars Burns episode is a petty and stupid thing to do. Absolutely. That is, like, nigh unforgivable. But I do kind of see where he's coming from having watched the first season and having that be the one that was out at the time well he but he was like, against it from this the isn't jump, great right like he was against yes, the he was against the it from the jump he he very like pointedly wanted to make sure everyone knew he had nothing to do with that show yeah um because there was so much crossover with actors and with uh, writers and showrunners and yeah and and he, and people at the time considered it a Simpsons spin-off show. Yeah. Um even though it wasn't. And and he was very mad about that. <laughs> so which like I don't know, it's just like relax, but Yeah, relax. You're a spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> I like not not your show's a spin-off. You're a spin-off. You're a spin-off. <laughs> Guess what? We're all spin-offs of our parents. Yeah, so there. <laughs> so chew on that for a little while. <laughs> Tell me how it tastes, Matt. If that is your real name. Oh, boy. Well, any final thoughts? Um, You know, the show is an interesting cultural artifact at least, I guess. Like, yeah. at least it's like, it, I think it's, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, well, when someone says or gives you like a list of shows that were like, oh, these things were canceled before their time far too soon. No, maybe sometimes <laughs> they were canceled exactly when they should have been. Yeah. Um, which makes me be like, oh, yeah, maybe after so many years, like maybe that was all we needed from Clone High mm. was those 13 fun episodes. That's coming back, though. Great. <laughs> Is it, though? Uh, as far as I know, I you know? know. Well, I, I guess obviously you can't know until it's literally out. Exactly. But, but so you don't know. It's on track. Uh huh. <laughs> I've been burnt before. I know. And I just don't believe it. And also <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, I don't really care anymore. Well, no, that's the thing. But that's why I mentioned it. Is that I agree. I think that's all I needed from Clone High. Yeah. And they're bringing it back, and it'll probably be fine. And we talk about like Family Guy as well. Like would, Family Guy, we Futurama. would have we would we'll have talk a about lot Futurama yes, more, obviously. But we would have a more f- fond memory of Family Guy. I definitely would if mm-hmm. it was just like season just those one, original, two, three original artifact seasons. of the time, yep. and then out. Yep. You know, we it's a fun DVD set to own. Yeah, 
And then, of course, we have the mother of all comebacks, Futurama. Came back three times. Three times. <laughs> and uh, no time was successful, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, varying degrees. There's there's a lot of episodes in the revival uh, seasons that I that I love. The real revivals, yeah, yeah, not, not, the not the movies. The, the movies, movies are... I, I think the movies are uniformly bad. Movies are pretty much bad. I would say Bender's Big Score is the only one that's worth watching. Yeah, that's the um, common but, consensus. Yeah, but uh, the other three are two clearly four episodes mashed together in incoherent ways yeah but at least Bender's big score i think has a an interesting through line throughout uh anyway we'll talk about more about futurama once we get to it you bet we will <laughs> um but uh critic uh it stinks <laughs> what can i say i think that's all <laughs> i think that's all there is to say Oh boy, and I, you know, I had high hopes. That's the other thing is that yeah, I was too. like, I was like, I like movies. Yeah, I really want when you were, like when you were talking about it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a, a show about like a film critic in New York. That sounds kind of fun. I wonder yeah. what they'll do with that. Yeah. The premise was intriguing to me going into it, and even after episode one, I was like, the animation is is different and interesting enough to keep me on board for a couple episodes, yeah. and then it never made me laugh. So. I mean, Bye. zero stars, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I guess that's pretty much it then, yeah, Greg. we did it. Um, before we leave, mm. which was your favorite Spider-Man 1? Oh, that's a great question. Um, my favorite Spider-Man 1 <laughs> was Spider-Man 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I figured, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, however... I do want to, because this is some fun stuff that we can talk about here mm-hmm. at the end. I want to say how much I liked Homecoming this time. Oh, great. I thought, uh, I think I've been down on it mm-hmm. a little too much, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it this yeah, time around. it's good. I think it is a lot better than Far From Home. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why can't we just agree on Homecoming being good? Why you gotta be down on I know. another um, one I like? No, I I really enjoyed it this yeah. time around. I think <laughs> Keaton is incredible. He's so good. <laughs> like you forget for a while. Like if you haven't seen it, you kind of forget just how good he is. Mm-hmm. That man's face Ugh. is a journey. Ah, he's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And it's, you know, again... I, All the knowing that's happening in the car ride and the realizations. Uh, he's a smart guy, too. Um, yeah, the lights. I I, I do want to say I feel like that's another thing I really like about MCU Spider-Man in general is be- because of the nature of their deal with Sony is they get to play with uh, comic book readers expectations mm, mm-hmm. so having the vulture be the father of the love interest mm-hmm. you know if that was if that was a canon thing in the comics and everyone would be re- ready for it but i guarantee myself and majority of people who who know the vulture character and know the um the i can't remember what what's her name <laughs> the, the love interest liz liz thank you the the because there is a liz in the comics too that it's not you know this but it's like oh they're using inspiration you know that kind Mm -hmm. of thing obviously they're unrelated in the comics and so everyone who knows that shit that reveal where he's like hey i'm i'm liz's dad 
you're like, oh fuck! Best part of the movie. <laughs> it's so Best good. Best part of the movie. It's, it's so it's fantastic. fucking good. Uh, and I have to real quick uh, mention uh, Donald Glover's performance. Yeah, in it, he's good. He's very good. Like I, I, when it came out, I was like, why is he doing this? Why? Like it's because it's his Atlanta low energy yep. angle, and I'm like, no, it's perfect. It's and he's. I mean, and he's. It's perfect. And I miles. Uh, yeah, and I. I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope they have him signed on for like three movies because they do that. Marvel does that, but it's Sony, so I don't know if they got him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if he'll come back. Um, it'd be cool if he did because he becomes Prowler. But uh, yeah, he becomes fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I love I love little shit like that. Obviously, I you know the Matt Gargan is in it and he's got a scorpion tattoo. And yeah, I, was, I remember seeing it in the theaters for the first time. I think <laughs> seeing it with Chanel, and I was like. He becomes Scorpion. <laughs> like I was being that <laughs> asshole. It's like, oh, you know why that's funny? <laughs> yeah, and like Homecoming. But it's fun. It's fun for me. Homecoming is a lot of fun. Like it's yeah. a it's a really really great movie. Uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man One is a straight up masterpiece. It's though. so good. Like it's just so fun. It's a like it's it's, a it's, it's a comic book movie. Cold like classic. that's the thing. Yeah. Because there's movies based on comic books and there's comic book movies. Yes. And Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is a comic book movie. Through and, and through. it's awesome. And it loves being it. Yeah. It, it, it is unashamed. Uh, one of the great things about, and it's the only one, it's the only one of the Spider-Man ones that, <laughs> that gets this mm-hmm. and really, really manages to pull it off throughout the movie's entire runtime is the movie itself. Mm-hmm hates peter parker <laughs> the movie itself thinks peter parker is a dork yeah, and a, a lame one at all times <laughs> but but the movie but itself also yeah. also thinks that spider-man is super cool <laughs> yeah i mean that's a good point i think i think if anything though the the movie itself comes around to peter by the end right well, it's when they get like the ripped off yeah. like the face and they become one. Yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful metaphor it's for you, them. It's you who's out, Gobby. Yeah, out of your mind. Out of your mind. <laughs> oh, what a great <laughs> Stan Lee line! It's so good. It's written like a comic. <laughs> it book. is. It's, yeah. it's everything about it is great. The screenplay's great. Yeah. It's the template for modern superhero filmmaking and for modern blockbusters, and it's. Wonderful and, and like they, I, the, the swinging, the swinging is, is still lovely. wonderful, especially his like first his first swinging right like like I mean post wrestling match mm. when he's chasing down the guy the montage yeah no 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 the um like when he's learning oh how when to he's swing, oh going through right? in the weird yeah. in, the, in, the, in his suit and his in his, 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 his re- wrestling outfit yeah, yeah. he's oh, chasing yeah. down Uncle but Alchemist Killer that's very uh, exciting it's so good because yeah. you're like you're you're kind of there with you've seen him try it earlier and he sucked at it yeah but now the stakes are high because he needs to get this guy he needs to get him and he's like and he, and he, uh, just the I mean I could rant about this movie forever but like the the choice to have like the the suspense when he shoots the web and he grabs on and he's like. You know, this the camera's going around yeah. him, like, and it's like, done, done, done. And he makes the decision. He's going for it. And he has to, like, in the moment, like, shoot another web to get out of the way of the... Ah, it's so good. It's so good. Because, like, I feel like the swinging... I mean, uh, you know, Homecoming is a different thing because he's already Spider-Man. But the swinging, like, how he learned swinging in yeah. uh, Amazing Spider-Man is just kind of, like, 
it, it feels very like going through the motions. He listens to Coldplay, skateboards, and swings around a construction <laughs> yeah, exactly. site. Um, whereas with that's with, that's with, something that Amazing Spider-Man immediately gets wrong. There's something that's <laughs> there's something that's fun about the vibe of Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. that I I do like some. It has a definite different vibe. Yes. And that's something that I like about Amazing Spider-Man is that it tries to differentiate itself. And I think that movie is much stronger in its first hour than it is in its second because its second hour is so generic. Yeah. Uh, But its first hour is like like Peter Parker's kind of a cool guy. Yeah. And but he's also kind of a jerk. Well, he's a, he's a, he's a yeah he's a, he's a cool guy jerk who's kind of a loner too. Yeah, like that's why it kind of works. Where it's like he doesn't oh, have a not, Harry. Yeah, or, a, or yeah. a Ned. Yeah. Well, no, I mean him and Harry have been best friends for a long right. Time. Of course, we learned that in the second. We film. learned that in the second one. We learned that in the second one, <laughs> which I, I, I can't. How long have we been friends, Harry? <laughs> I can't even. Well, as you know, we've yeah, been as you know, friends, we've been friends for ten years. <laughs> this is the best line from Shang Chi. <laughs> Sean, we've been friends for 10 years. It's like, all right, all right, screenwriters. You get this you're do- one. <laughs> you're, do- you're doing the thing. You get well, one. I get it, I but get like, it. come on. You get one. You get there rid of that line, a- and the movie's still great. There better be a we sweet still understand. bus fight right after this. We still understand this. that they're good friends. Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. There is a sweet-ass bus fight. There is. Oh, sweet, he took his shirt off. Nice. Oh, n- nice. <laughs> hey. They should kiss. They're not going to kiss. All right. <laughs> Fine. One day. One day they'll kiss. Um, Fine. Save it for the third one, I guess. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Spider Man's great, and we're not done. Okay. Uh, because I still want to talk about Spider Man One. Okay. Yeah. And how efficient it is. Yeah. The movie is two hours, cover to cover. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And for an origin story, like I, I remember, like when the remu- reviews came out, like it was like, oh, it takes him forty-five minutes to get into the suit and yeah. to actually be Spider-Man. That's fine. It's, that's fine. He is it, the the Spider-Man montage of him fighting crime happens at fifty-five minutes before the hour mark. Nice, great, and that's before he gets his suit, or is that the that's same montage he, as that's the same he's montage, designing it? He yeah. made his suit. Yeah, like he did because it. you because you have. I think you have some clips of him. Uh, still not in the suit, fighting crime, and then it's showing him design it, and then it and then it cuts to him. No, he's just no? in it. Like he's, he's just in like, it. All right. Yeah, he just he designs the he designs what he wants his suit to be mm-hmm. before the wrestling match. Yes, like he designs right. the yeah, blue yeah, and right, red right, right, suit. Yeah, yeah. And but then, then, but the then he's like, well, I, I don't, I can't make that yeah, right now. This is I all mean, he's yeah. got. <laughs> right, this is the best I can do. When he has time to put some thought into it, That's then right. he makes then his he makes suit. suit. And, and it's sweet. It's great. <laughs> and we don't question how he got it. No. Because he's Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man. He just gets it. It's fine. <laughs> it's a comic book movie. Yeah. First and foremost. He, desi- he, he designs it by drawing it yep. and then creates it. Yeah. That's all you need. One of the things that I do like about uh, Homecoming is that it spends time with Spider-Man getting into position to do the Spider-Man things that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's like, what would be a best way to yeah, yeah. pose myself <laughs> before I make myself before known? Like, oh, hey, yeah. hey, guys, guys hey, fellas. Yeah. And, you, and you're like, you can kind of see him under the mask thinking of a quip. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas in the in the other ones, it would be like, he just is there. He and shows up and says, cool, yeah. right? But he's such a young kid in this one that it's fun to see those things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
something that's also very unique about Homecoming is we see Spider-Man be afraid of heights for a minute mm-hmm. when he's at the top of the Washington Monument. Yeah, oh, I love that. Because he doesn't have anything else to to, sw- to swing to. Yeah. Right? He's used to Manhattan where there's tall buildings everywhere. And he even Suddenly says, he's, yeah. the context is, like, he hasn't even been swinging around Manhattan that much because he's from Queens. That's right, yeah. And... And then, I mean, there's the whole part where they go to the suburbs and he has nowhere to swing. Yeah, right? and he has like, no. That's very which funny. Is also a great. Very sequence. funny. Yeah. Um, something that I do miss, but also I don't miss as much because I've seen Sam Raimi's Spider Man recently is him swinging around Manhattan. Yeah. But in Homecoming, when he's standing up there, he's like, oh, I've never. He says it in the movie. Right. He's like, I've never, I've never been this high before. I've never swung this high before. I've never jumped from this high or anything. I've yep. never been this high. Yeah. And, and you feel it. You really do. Yeah. yeah. And it's. Pretty cool. Also, if you want to see Tom Holland swing around Manhattan, watch Far From Home. For like two seconds. At the very end? Yeah, at the very end. But it also has my it's favorite my favorite swinging with his girlfriend yeah. scene. No, I love where she's like, ah. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, that would be so scary. It's the first time that it recognizes how awful this would be <laughs> for a normal person. Yeah, it's great. Far From Home's great. Yeah, um, I, I really like that part. Uh the the J. Jonah Jameson stuff in oh, Spider-Man 1 still makes me laugh so, so hard. Good. So hard. Something that I recognized that we talked about in our Spider-Man trilogies the couple of times that we've done them yeah. is uh, Bernard. <laughs> he is Bernard. in Spider-Man he, 1. I know. He's... For one scene. Yeah, he's very brief. Yeah. But they and set him up. he's in Spider-Man 2 as well. And then he's a main character. He's a main in character Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3. 3. And that's fine. That's it. not what's the problem with Spider-Man 3. He is not a problem no. with Spider-Man 3. He's great. I dressed your father's wounds. Did you now? <laughs> His own glider He feels like a Lynch character. <laughs> like, am I crazy? <laughs> no. Like, he's not a good actor. Him. No, he's just, he's so weird. And yeah. I, I don't know. That's what makes him compelling to yeah. me. Absolutely. Yeah, which is yeah, a lot of Lynch characters. But I want to say something yeah. about the amazing Spider-Man mm, before mm-hmm. we get out of here. Okay. And the the vibe of it is is unique to its time and place. I think it's 2012. Yep. You know, it's it's got this angsty thing going on. Um it's a post Dark Knight world. It is a post Dark Knight world, which is important. Yeah, that's very important to know. Um but it also has this weird aversion to being compared to the first Spider-Man. And it to is its also detriment, I'd say. Yes. And it is also one of the more because of it, it's one of the more inefficient mm. superhero movies mm-hmm. that we've seen because you kind of see it like skirting its way around the original and like being like, well, we can't do that because that was done in the first one. Like we have to see Peter for a couple of days before he gets the spider bite. It's the first thing that happens. Yeah. In Spider-Man One, yeah. don't he's, he, he's he's hitting the bus. The bus takes him to the to place, the field trip that they were where going the spider on. Ma- where the spider is where yeah. the Spider-Man is. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's I'm a great idea. Just get it done. Then you also you all, you have him meet Norman Osborn. Yeah, right like it's so it's so efficient. It's so efficient. Like the and Spider-Man. Harry tells me you're something of a science whiz. <laughs> I'm something of a scientist myself. It's my very bad Willem Dafoe impression. <laughs> Back to formula. <laughs> yeah, I can do Goblin better than I can, can do Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Out, am I? <laughs> but I want to read. I want to read you something, real yeah, real please. quick. You are a lot like your father. You really are, Peter, and that's a good thing. 
but your father lived by a philosophy, a principle, really. He believed that if you could do good things for other people, you had a moral obligation to do those things. That's what's at stake here. Not choice. Responsibility. Yeah, I had, in fact, as you were winding this up, I had a feeling this is something... This is where we need to yeah, come to. Because I also wanted to say um, Cliff Robertson mm-hmm. in Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1 mm-hmm. uh, is one of the best performances in a superhero movie. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 uh, and the fact that... Interestingly, Rosemary Harris in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> also, also very good. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I think that that character having been such an important character for the mythos of Spider-Man, um, being shown on the big screen for the first time uh, in such a loving and responsible way, mm-hmm. I don't know the best way to describe it, um, was so important to me as a kid when I saw this movie for the first time. It's just like, they nailed Uncle Ben. They did. You know? Um, and that's, on the flip side, exactly the opposite of what I felt about Martin Sheen mm-hmm. in Amazing Spider-Man 2, or Amazing Spider-Man. Because... I think he's a great actor. Absolutely. I think he's wonderful. One of our best. But I think, as you're saying, as your kind of point is, they have such an aversion to do what Spider-Man 1 did that they really saddle Martin Sheen with some bullshit. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) Which is that line specifically, which is, again, I I knew that was going to come up because such a bad choice. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, we're not going to say it. We're not going to say the line everyone expects me to say, and that will make us different. It's like... I don't care. Say it. Just say the line. It's what is like that is like a paragraph. Yeah. Uncle Ben says these are the years that you are going to change into the man who you're going to be for the rest of your life. Be careful who you change into. With great power comes great responsibility. I'm those trying, are those not, are grandiose yeah. lines. You know, yeah. like they're they're heightened. I don't mean to preach, and I know I'm not your father. Then stop, stop pretending, pretending to, be. to be. Oh, it's biting. Yes, it is. Because you also know what's coming. Yeah. Oh. He's like, all right. Yeah, he's just like, all right, see you later. And then, oh, man. And, you know, people make fun of uh, Toby for crying in, in those movies a lot. Here's but, like, something that I would love to bring up. Okay. Thank you for bringing this up. <laughs> uh, the other two Spider-Mens, uh, I think Andrew Garfield is... Not great, but he acquits himself well yeah. in the role. Yep. Um, I think he's a fine actor, is yes. basically what I'm trying to say. Um, I think Tom Holland hits, he's like a tuning fork. He hits the exact perfect note. But none of them <laughs> have yet to demonstrate that they are willing to be as unvain as Tobey Maguire yeah. and vulnerable as Tobey Maguire or as vulnerable as Sam Raimi gets Tobey Maguire to be. Because he ugly cries in the in Spider-Man One, yep. some of the faces that he makes mm-hmm. and Toby face, and all three of them are just a meme. very funny yep. and could be embarrassing. Yep. Probably still are. Sure, but but it's he's, effective. He's an actor. And he's good, and like some of the faces that he makes are intentionally funny. That's why they put them in there because <laughs> there's a funny undercurrent. You have to remember the movies hate Peter Parker. <laughs> they think he's a dumbass dweeb. <laughs> So he's going to ugly cry. Yeah. But you're going to feel for the guy. Because if the movie hates him, guess what? The audience won't because he's actually a good guy. Yeah. I think he's great. Masterpiece. And it's a one of the great superhero performances. Absolutely. Anyway. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> Pizza time. Anyway, those were my, um, that's my journey <laughs> watching the Spider-Man ones. <laughs> 
Well, no, you know, you know what you got to do now. Yeah, I've already watched Far From Home. All right. <laughs> you started with that one? Weird. Yeah, I, I jumped around a bit, but mm-hmm. I got to watch Spider-Man 2. Yep. And, and then I got to watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> uh, oh, no. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a fine time. <laughs> Remember when he, uh, he hits the... The the uh, electrical things and it plays itsy bitsy spider. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, you spoke about it <laughs> before, and I didn't realize it then. But on subsequent, and he goes, "I hate this song." Yeah, because he knows he does. Yeah. He's a spider. Yeah, he's, he's a Spider Man because he's he notices all these things. He knows everything um, about spiders. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another thing about Garfield <laughs> Spider Man. He's not having any fun. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, the actor, like or like the the his, character, his Peter, like his Peter Parker, is such pretty, a downer. Yeah, pretty pretty sad sack. And to be fair, lots of shit has happened to him in a very condensed period of time. It's true. You know, he's still in high school by the end of them. Yeah, no, well, and they graduate in Amazing Spider-Man. Deuce. That's right. Sometimes Excuse the me. best promises are the ones you break. Remember when he said yeah, that? Yeah, I remember that. That's <laughs> And then she smiles. She smiles. Because she, she wants to kiss him. Yeah. And to be fair, I want them to. Yeah, they're, I, I like seeing them kiss. Yeah, they're, they're very, the best very part very about those two yeah. movies. I mean, yeah, their chemistry is great. It's it's one of those, it's, it's, it's weird how this keeps happening. Because <laughs> didn't uh, Toby and, Mar- and Kirsten Dunst date for a bit? Did they? I think so. Oh, probably. Maybe not, but I mean... That rain kiss. Oh, boy. They should have if yeah. they didn't. <laughs> it's a good kiss. It's a very good kiss. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Garfield and Emma Stone dated, and mm-hmm. Zendaya and Tom Holland are maybe still dating. I don't know. Who knows? I, I don't keep track, but... Good for them. But Peter's and MJ's, or and Gwen's, whatever. Peter and Love, love Interests of Spider-Man. They date. <laughs> and then they die. IRL, and then they Oops. die. Oops. Um, all right, well... We should probably wrap things up. Yep, definitely. Sorry about that. <laughs> An extended Spider-Man talk for yep. all you Spider fans. Yep. Hey, we did it at the end at least. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut it. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut it and put it as like a bonus. <laughs> Extra Spider-Man talk in case you didn't get enough of it, it from inc- the yeah, last more one Spider-Man. we did. Yeah, yeah, I won't. It's gonna. Go, it's go, It's staying <laughs> it's in. It's been. It's <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. month. Yeah. It's Spider month, guys. I don't know why. There's a bunch on Netflix now. <laughs> Uh, I like them. I'm going to rewatch a bunch soon, I think. Um, we didn't even talk about Spider-Verse, but it's because it rules. There's not much that I can say other than it's the best. It's so good. It fucking rules. Um, I don't... I, ooh, I, yeah. No, I still, I've still seen Spider-Man 1 more, but Spider-Verse is creeping up. Mm. So I think I've seen Spider-Verse six times now. Is that a comfort movie now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Spider-Man 1, I saw seven times in theaters, so I I couldn't count how many times I've seen it, but probably pretty high. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, we hope you enjoyed this other special. We have two more specials to do, Greg. Mm-hmm. We're doing the Spider-Man... Or, Jesus. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we'll start with S. The Simpsons draft, <laughs> <laughs> which will explain more on that episode. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. Uh, We will see if I understand it. I notoriously (laughs) fuck these things up. Um, We'll be mostly doing it live, so. Okay. 
Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fun. Um, and then we're doing the uh, our award show. We're mm-hmm. gonna give us, give out some awards to the Simpsons seasons one through ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, best episode, best character. We'll think of other categories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But once we finish those, we'll dive. Actually, we have one other special because the right. fi- the two hundredth episode special is Simsorama, which is the Simpsons Futurama crossover to lead us in to our beginning of TBN in the year three thousand or whatever we're going to call it. Yep, <laughs> that's what you can look forward to for us from us, and uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod. You can email us at the Hammock District on third at gmail.com numerical three i almost forgot what it was it's been so long that i've said it and i was just going by like rote memory uh-huh. and then i overthought it as i was saying it right so anyway watch out for that gotta watch out um oh the patreon yes that's the other thing we usually do mm-hmm. talk about subscribe to our patreon two bucks a month gives you all our bonus content including uh more spider-man talk yeah, we have. Um, and our Matrix Revolutions commentary, which is coming out soon. Yeah. Um, and then we'll we'll put up a poll for our next commentary. Yeah. We haven't decided on that yet. So you can go to patreon.com slash boathouse studios to get all of that good content. And Greg. Yes. Keep watching the skis. Yeah.